And for all of you out there, you can kind of start doing some mouth percussion like this. You too, Leela. Come on. Share like I'm a millionaire, and I wanna feel surrounded by love. And when there's nobody there, and I wanna be your brother that can remind you you got a friend, and somebody loves you right now. And we're gonna sing that again. Yes, I wanna share like I'm a millionaire, and I wanna feel surrounded by love. And when there's nobody there, and I wanna be your brother that can remind you you've got a friend. If somebody loves you right now, I said, Oh, oh, didn't you know that somebody loves you? Somebody loves you right now. Didn't you know? Aloha, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. And also, when you get a chance, check out my online holistic health and nutrition certification course. The Holistic Health Mastery Program, you can find that at HolisticHealthMastery.com. And the music that you just heard was by just one incredible human being, Elijah Ray. This is a, this is a guy that I've been watching over the years in the kind of conscious musical circuits. And I, I really believe that Elijah is one of the foremost greatest musicians of our time. That's, that's no exaggeration. He is unlike anything else on this planet, quite literally, in the musical realm, and just as a human being, too. And I had the honor to invite him over to my house to do a live interview for all of you while he was here in Kauai. He's been doing some, some intimate concerts, which have just been extraordinary. If you've never been to an Elijah Ray concert, then you really have no idea what you're missing. It's unlike any other experience that you can imagine. And so this conversation was so incredible. We dove so deep to the depths of the deal, the human experience, his experience, um, he pulled a lot out of me just in his presence, sitting across from me, looking at me in the eyes the whole time. Um, just how many things can I say about this human being? I admire him. I respect him. I, in so many ways, I would like to more be like him as a man. Just um, so much. And this, this interview was so in-depth, so deep, dug down and rich. You are going to get so much out of it. So without further ado, I want to bring on Elijah Ray. Enjoy. In his short 34 years, Elijah has become a prodigious vocalist, composer, multi-instrumentalist, and recording artist. Elijah is known for his pioneering heart in transformational music that crosses an insanely wide variety of genres, from acoustic soul, bump and funk, world beat, dance, pop, and rock, to soul-stirring stir piano ballads, symphonic soundtracks, and shamanic sound-healing environments. 
It is my pleasure to welcome Elijah Ray. Thank you, brother. Good mm-hmm. to be here. Yeah. Oof, I got to tell you, um, you are interview number 40 on this podcast, and, and something has possessed me over the last month um, with my network of colleagues in the health field and then some of the metaphysical field and even like people like Jay Brave and mm. soon Ricky Byers. And Beautiful. so it's bridging all these like worlds that are really unified at the core, right? Yeah, we're family. <laughs> Absolutely. And so mm. Um, mm. I, I've gotten into a flow with it, you know, like two, three interviews a day sometimes. And so what's interesting to me in the presence here with you uh, there's all this energy coming through me, and so it's up, up leveling through me, and I'm like noticing that um, I don't know. It's a good feeling. It's different because mm. I was so comfortable with everyone else, even though maybe some of them I, I hold in high regard. Mm. Um, but it's a good sign. That, yeah, that edge of of discomfort is where the magic seems to be, like right outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So anytime I'm feeling that little buzz of ooh, like what's going to happen or I'm, I'm slightly uncomfortable right now. It's fun to like retrain our minds to see that as like, that's the goal. That's a good sign that we're yeah. on the right track of something mm-hmm. magic. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks yeah. for saying that. I, I appreciate that. Um, mm. And it is a little bit like that. You know, it's when you say on the edge of our discomfort, it's not a feeling of like, Oh, I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to mm-hmm. misread his bio. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, whatever, nothing in a, you know, a a depriving energy. It's Mm. like, whoa, something's going to happen here. And I just want to like harness the energy and, and, you know, tap into whatever that is. So here we are. Ah, Mm. Breathe it in and let the presence guide the way, brother. Cool. Well, you know, the first thing I want to talk to you about is really similar to what I always bring everyone on is that Um, I'm really influenced by stories. That's where I derive my real motivation to do anything else, Mm. Um, more than technical explanations or things like that. I'm motivated by a story and the unfoldment of somebody's life and what was the impetus for them to do what they do Mm. and to do it in a way like I see you do it where you're literally giving yourself to it, the Mm. embodiment of that, which I think is what everyone's kind of seeking. So my question is... Where did this gift come from? In other words, did you have a family that helped you foster an environment that supported that, or did you find it outside of that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's it's a bit of both, really, um, but I'll start with the first part to the question, which is my family completely created a space for me um, without, without even trying, because both my mom and my dad, actually, um, they met in a band. So on their journey of... In their love story, um, they met in a band, were on the road together in the 70s, and actually, you know, ended up falling in love. And so I was mm-hmm. literally born, it was in my blood, that, you know, experience of, you know, sharing music and getting on stage and and transmitting sound and making people happy and groove. Mm. Um, but more than just the music part, something that's interesting, and I was just talking about this with a dear friend yesterday, you asked me kind of a similar question, so... Has had a little like preparation for this interview without even knowing it, but um, my my parents were divorced when I was five, and before that that very critical moment happened in my childhood, there's a few things that were a few things that were happening in the ecosystem of my you know young life as a baby, and then the first few years. And one of them was that my parents 
um, coming out of this wave of, you know, being hippies in the 60s, 70s, revolutionary times, music, art, culture, they, um, you know, they settled down, had me, um, and also my sister a couple years later, but they, they decided to become born again Christians and they went to church and they, mm-hmm. they, previous to that, they really weren't religious people. And even after that, when um, when they were divorced, they really weren't necessarily religious people. They're they're deeply spiritual people. But for those few years around the time I was born, they were going to church. And so my first memories of music were actually um, in a, a primarily black gospel church because wow. we were one of the few white families at that time in the congregation uh, that where I grew up. And so. My earliest memories of music, brother, are actually sitting on my mom's lap, bouncing when I'm maybe two years old, bouncing and listening to the big choir, big black mama up front singing it out, you know, and my dad was playing guitar in the band for the for the church. And so it was this experience of um, something I couldn't put words to at the time, but it was like a deep sense of communion through sound, through music. Mm-hmm. And without knowing it, I realized something was imprinted into my awareness at that very young age. And uh, I actually remember having a, an epiphany that I could—I look back to all the time. It's like kind of the headwaters of where par- at least part of my inspiration to share this gift came from, which is I remember feeling at this one moment on my mom's lap, bouncing up and down in church, listening to the music, feeling the communion that was happening in the room at that time, and thinking to myself, oh my God, you can cry and be happy at the same time. That's what music can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew that whatever that feeling was that I was feeling that made me both happy but want to cry, that that was the feeling I wanted to create mm-hmm. as much as possible. I wanted to stay as close to that frequency as possible. And I made that decision in my little tiny brain at two years old. And when I look back now over this, you know, now 35 years old in linear time, and I look back and I see that moment really was a pretty pivotal moment for me. And Mm -hmm. because it not only imprinted my devotion to music as a path, but my, but something deeper than like, oh, I want to be a rock star. Oh, I want to, you know, like be really well known for something. It wasn't the, the, the conventional, um, drives, Mm. you know, why somebody will use a gift, Mm -hmm. um, in order to get something, Mm. you know, recognition, fame, Mm. money, security, whatever. Um, there was something deeper inside of you that actually led that, that, you know, the, to do what you do Mm. now. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's one you know concise answer to your question. But there's there's a lot of other rays off of that oh, yeah. moment that yeah. all contributed, and not the least of which is just a daily practice of listening and practicing the presence. Because you know it's I, I don't know if you can relate, but oftentimes we can say at one point in our life, I'm so clear that this is what I want to do, and get new information. <laughs> you know, a year later or. Mm-hmm. Five weeks later, you know, we can get this, all of a sudden, what we thought was the path, it changes before our eyes. So I, mm-hmm. I, I do notice as I look back, I've had a consistent dissolving, mm, a complete dissolution, not unlike the, you know, the caterpillar going into a chrysalis and melting everything it thinks it is and knows and, and then emerging on the other side of that uh, with new information and an entirely new, new path. And so... Every time I've dissolved the idea of 
who I think I am as an ego or as a personality uh, uh, in, a mu- in the terms of the musical path or my career as an artist, every time I dissolve that, what I think I know about it, and come out the other end, it just gets more true. Mm-hmm. And so after eight, nine, ten times of, you know, different different ways of both, um, you know, practice dissolution and, and unexpected <laughs> forms of dissolution, mm-hmm. I noticed mm-hmm. that it just gets more and more clear that this is what I meant to do and what I what I love to do so yeah yeah there's a number of fascinating insights in that and um I think what's what's wanting to come to me about that is you know that that metamorphic pro the metamorphosis process that mm. that alchemization that transmutation however you want to phrase that mm. um the story and the universe and in humankind if you mm. look back at like all the great mm. avatars and we look at people like Lao Tzu and Confucius and Da Vinci and and Tesla and maybe Bruce Lee and all these different archetypes, right? But they're really the stories of human beings, Jesus Christ. It's really the story of a human being, which is what fascinates me more than anything is I'm always looking at stories. I, you know, I love Justice Campbell, The Hero's Journey. So that idea... Especially when I, I came to find that the the entire movie industry is the blueprint for every successful movie is predicated on the the scientific cycles of the hero's journey. Yes. You know that, right? Yeah. So it's like I, I once I got keyed in on that mm-hmm. and I started to realize like, wow, that seems to be a correlation. Then I looked at my own life trying to piece it together mm-hmm. because I can relate very intimately with the with being so clear in your life like there's no question even at a young age there's no question yeah. i grew up as a martial artist as an athlete mm. um aspiring to be um a national and international taekwondo champion which yeah. i was really i was tasting it yeah i was really there mm. um but life changed and the fire mm. in me started to fade out and it started mm. to without me really giving a um saying yes to something else it just mm. kind of the life started shifting so I've been there many times, and you're reminding me about that. Mm. It's kind of like the pieces of of the life puzzle, um, in retrospect, start to piece together. And now I can see that my desire that 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 fueled me um, to be like an Olympic champion per se. Mm. I had the vision; I knew that's what I was destined to do. But then I look back and I realized, oh, how fascinating! Mm. I needed a vision so far away from me. But that grabbed me and pulled me towards it yes. just to just to develop the character traits that mm-hmm. I would need to be the man I am now. That's it. Right. And yeah. so it wasn't really about the goal. It was it was the goal. My mind created something around that, mm-hmm. that it would allow me to walk the path, mm-hmm. come hell or high water, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, it wasn't about getting a goal. It was about who I was becoming in pursuit of it. Yeah, that's wisdom right there, brother. Because these visions that we're, we're given or we tap into or have a, a moment of clarity that, oh, that's the next thing. I'm going to move toward that. And like in that case of what you just described, it's in a way kind of like a spiritual carrot that our mm. soul dangles out there to go, <laughs> here you go. Here's the path. And you don't realize, but you're just getting trained in the process, mm-hmm. like you said, to become the man who you are, the woman who, who you are. And so I, in, in that case, I noticed that where we get caught up is in thinking that the carrot is the thing mm-hmm. when it's that's is not actually the thing the thing right. is 
or who we're becoming in the process. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I just want to, yeah, just send out a wave of presence and connection to everyone who's listening that mm-hmm. what it, wherever we're at in the process of following our vision and being true to our vision and our mission and, and however we want to put that, that we, you know, at least place equal presence to take a look at who is the person we're becoming in the process of moving, you know, through hell or high water towards this vision. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes um, we could forget, you know, and, and, and lose track of um, actually putting a value system on that part of it because we're so focused on the carrot, which is, I just got to get there. I want to be the best taekwondo master i want to be the best actor i want to be the best raw food guru in the world you know whatever it is yeah 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 and it's like well who are we becoming in the process right walking that path and that Mm. that's where the gold is and that's where i think we can as a community reflect each other and hold hold that mirror to each other as as the true value of of this life that I'm, I really love that perspective, and that's going to lead me into an area that I, I wanted to tap in with you about mm. um, in kind of a, a roundabout way um, to start. Um, you know, what you're saying is that what I'm getting anyways is that it's not just who you're becoming in a positive way. It's paying attention to who you might be coming in a way that you don't actually foresee Mm -hmm. what that will end up or what that might do to relationships. Mm -hmm. If you get too wrapped up in the idea of something and you just allow it to shape you without having any, you know, rudder, I guess, any anchor Mm kind of like, you know, like you said, like I have this vision, but am I becoming the person to fulfill that picture Mm -hmm. instead of, am I just trying to get it right? Right. So with that said, I really want to talk to you about um, your journey being a musician mm. in the industry, outside of the industry. Um, I know as an author, I, I probably feel similar to, to the way I imagine you do about, I know what, I, I know what it would take of me to be, um, in an infomercial, yeah. right. You know, selling right. a blender or something right. or, or, uh, you know, to be on bigger stages. And so I get that, but I'm also, I have a hesitancy to, to have a major book deal or something. Cause I know I would have to form to mm. a certain idea and I don't think I'm ready to do that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, just on that note and you being a musician, mm. in the music industry, like what has some of your journey been and where do you see yourself as a musical artist, um, kind of going? Mm. That's a really broad question, uh-huh. which I really love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of wingspan for, for an answer there. Mm. So I'll start by sharing this. My path as a musician um, has been one of exploration and really following the current of what is true moment to moment to moment to moment. And that's a big, broad brushstroke. But the way I can get more specific and describe it is that um, I I have not gone the conventional route at all. You know, I, I I haven't jumped through the hoops that... Even some of my mentors in the music industry say, here's what you have to do to, to get here. You, you jump through this hoop, then you go here, and you expand your audience by playing at these kinds of places. Mm-hmm. And then you basically, at some certain magical moment, walk through some golden doors and get a record deal, or you get this, and you get, you know, you join the club, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I knew as soon as I was offered the first 
opportunity to walk through those golden doors, which was about, let's see, 12 years ago, I want to say, mm-hmm. right before I came to Hawaii for the first time, actually. Um, there's a crossroads there, which is an interesting story in itself, but not to go through the whole story, there's definitely been key moments of my life where I, I, I knew and I almost saw time stop and I could see that if I put energy and walk in this direction, I can see um, almost like a possible future timeline opening up. And I, I, I work a lot in, in what um, my brother Emerea has termed future memories. I, I see a lot of what feel like memories, but they're from mm. the future. And it's almost like starting to tap into um, these possible timelines that are all streaming off of the now. And um, uh, Stalking Wolf, who was a, a, you know became kind of a well-known uh, Apache elder um, that Tom Brown talks about in a lot of his books who um, really influenced me as a, as a young adult, Tom Brown Jr., and some of his stories being with this elder Native American and, and learning from him. I, I like the way that he put it where the, if the now is the palm of our hands, all of our fingers are these possible timelines, possible futures. And sometimes we can feel a very strong current pointing Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's maybe, say, the, the most probable future, but it's still just one of many possibilities flowing mm-hmm. off of this moment. And so mm-hmm. with, with that said, I can say that there's been times in my life where I've felt I could see a crossroads open up. I could see, like, maybe two major ones. Like, you kind of get to that fork in the road mm-hmm. in the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. of like, I know if I go this way, it's going to be one path. I know if I go this way, it's another. And and they don't really parallel each other. No. And even if they're just a degree off of each other, in 10 years' time, they're going to be miles apart. So I've, I really take great care to listen. And again, it keeps coming down to what's the most simple thing we can do. It's the practice of the presence. It's by being so present. Because we all have a connection to our higher self, our soul, our consciousness, whatever we want to call it, a, a greater version of ourselves that's available to connect to through the internet, you know, connection. Um, and it does take practice to keep that connection and that bandwidth really clear so mm-hmm. we can actually get the right information when we log in. And so part of that for me <laughs> is um, if we're rushing and I'm moving too quickly or in my mind, making decisions about something that sounds like a good idea, but I haven't, I'm not moving from presence. I'm more likely to choose a timeline that's not going to be um, nourishing my ultimate mission, which is the path of unity, consciousness, wholeness, you know, what is good for all beings here. So basically, to get back to the story of the path of a musician, I, I definitely can see some key moments when you ask me that question where I chose a more humble path. Um, of, of, And one of the big ones was not signing a record deal uh, and instead coming to Hawaii <laughs> to start exploring who I am as a, as a human and start doing some deeper work. It was, I did my first you know, parasite cleanse, I think 12, 13 years ago. And mm-hmm. that set me on a path of, Oh, what else, what else am I carrying around in my body, in my consciousness, in my emotional self that is not a part of what I actually want to gift back to humanity. Right. Don't I have a responsibility to do my part of the collective work to make sure I clear <laughs> this vessel, clean the temple, so to speak, so that 
the music and the songs and the messages that I do give are coming through a clear channel. Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. like number one priority? Yes. So mm-hmm. once I started that path, of course, that leads to more room for presence to guide and direct. Here's what your here's what your contribution can look like. Mm-hmm. Sure, it could it could look it could have looked like Elijah signed that record deal and became kind of an R and B. You know, a little flash sensation for a minute, and yeah. then he got burnt out because he wasn't in alignment, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what it's looked like is, okay, if I'm playing the long game, and I see that this is this is a gift I want to nurture from for my entire lifetime, and this is a contribution I want to keep, I want to stay on the wave for a long time to come, then what does that path look like? What does that timeline look like? And how, how can I be true to that? And so the discovery of that has been basically that I'm creating and following a, a bit of, um, let's say, a synthesis kind of a model of a way of approaching the music industry. Uh, so today, the ecosystem in the music industry is completely different than it was, say, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago even. It's completely different. And now there's the internet streaming Broadcasting all these other ways of instantly getting our message out to mm-hmm. to the planet to mm-hmm. to each other, and so part of what was important in the value system that was structured, say when my parents were in the music industry or when I was growing up as a young child, and that there was a structure of values that were important then that actually aren't as relevant today, mm-hmm. and so by not following the you know the matrix. You know, of like step one, uh, two, three, four, yeah, five, six, seven yeah. to get through those golden doors of success. Uh-huh. I've noticed that we're creating it in our own way. We're creating actually, a, there's a new ecosystem emerging that might not have a name for it yet, yeah. but there's enough of us who are who are kind of points of light or or pillars of being available and accessing. That we, we know what we want to do. We know that we want to help serve each other, the planet, take good care of each other, our communities, the earth, our bodies, our children. We know that spiritual equality and equality of races and genders, that, that all that's just a given right. in the world that we are creating. There's no controversy with us. No, there's, there's no, <laughs> that's like kindergarten material right there. And yet that's what, you know, that's what most of the protests and everything that's happening in humanity, that's like yeah. all the memes right now are about. And yet to, to, to a, an entire ecosystem of us, that's kindergarten. Yeah. We, we already are so committed to that that we're walking on the garden bed of that and planting new seeds of thought for the long game, which is actually to create, you know, synergy and harmony between entire communities of beings that are going to be working together to create, you know, basically landing pads for people to arrive into who are just coming off of the kindergarten, you know, step of the evolutionary process, which is, no, it's not about higher or lower or that there's anything wrong with being in kindergarten. We, we all go through kindergarten. Right. And then we get to the next, we right. get to first grade. And yeah. it's like, oh, wow, now I can go on the playground and ride on the, these swings that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. part of that process and to bring it back again to music is that I think we're, we're in a moment where the caterpillar is about to emerge into a butterfly. And what does that look like? To What I'm seeing is that um, there's there's kind of we're, we're going to be bridging enough into 
the existing system to be able to touch the hearts and minds and souls that are needed by, yeah, of course, <clears throat> utilize, utilize the system that we have to, to do great works as mm-hmm. much as possible. Like, you know, it probably doesn't cost a whole lot to just rent some time on, you know, on some of the, like, what used to be like VH1 or MTV, mm-hmm. like, what would it cost to just get a minute commercial on there? Right. Why doesn't, like, the most epic being, like, designs a really cool transmission for that, you know, and just, just buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we can, we can mm-hmm. influence in our way, but there is, um, I'd say, more of the focus that I've personally been devoted to has been in, in the long game and actually creating yeah. an environment <clears throat> and nurturing the ecosystem that's emerging that's going to be what we're bridging into. And yeah. so because of that, um, the music has res- resonated with a bit more of a counterculture, smaller audience mm-hmm. of the other souls who that is part of their mission too, that a lot of the music and messages I've been creating over the years um, almost feel like it's fuel for all of, you know, the, the light workers, the indigos, mm-hmm. the, the revolutionaries, <clears throat> the, the, the ones who are not here to play by the rules and be in the box, you know, the bringers of the dawn, uh-huh. who are basically, it's part of their coding to create the new world to come. So I feel like mm-hmm. I've almost been singing to them. And and now there's this time where I have noticed my own personal butterfly is emerging out of the chrysalis yet again into a new form where I also want to widen my bandwidth and, and, and connect to and sing to more and more and more of our brothers and sisters that maybe aren't, aren't, aren't there yet, but, but have that same inherent desire mm-hmm. to, move towards something that's healthy and wholesome and mm-hmm. they're just not getting it from the current system. So we got to step up and widen our bandwidth. And, and, uh, so that's what I'm saying. Yes, to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think this is really insightful. Um, <clears throat> I know it's not necessarily advice, but it's, it's great insights into what it actually takes to be successful. Mm. Like just as a basic, like, um, idea of that word success or achievement, like really, one of the things that I've had to, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I often say that the, the root cause of every disease is not, it's not the manifestation of a symptom per se. The mm. actual root cause a lot of times is called excusitis. Mm. And then that, that thing inside of us that makes excuses that lets us pass on um, maybe less than excellent behavioral patterns that are creating a destiny for us mm-hmm. eventually um, you know, it, 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 it allows us to kind of like apathetically fall asleep, mm. you know? Mm. And, and so that's something I've looked at with myself. I still do, but more so I, I hear from clients or people, a lot of people that are in some serious health crisis. Mm. Um, a lot of when I get underneath the rug and talk to them about, you know, they start talking about the relationship stuff. Then they start talking about, you know, like I, I know that I'm meant to be like a Grammy award-winning singer. I have a client that was talking to me about this, and that was mm-hmm. her, the whole conversation was around that and unpacking that of mm. like, okay, how much layers um, of sludge and material have you have you placed upon yourself mm. that has covered that up to the point where you know you've gone through life in that pattern of of suppressing your dreams and desires. Mm that you're almost like unrecognizable to your true self. Mm. And, uh, you know, actually this is a great kind of segue into something I want to want to touch on with yeah. you. Uh, so I often say that detoxification is 
is the removal of everything that is not you mm-hmm. in order for you to become who you really and truly are. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what this whole process is, right? Right. You mentioned doing a par- your first parasite cleanse, you know, a mm-hmm. decade or a little over that when you mm-hmm. first came in here. So I'm curious, what is your, uh, you know, the getting introduced to the whole health world and, and lifestyle change world and, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. like raw food and whatever, however mm-hmm. that's shown up for you. I'm curious what that journey has been like. Um, mm. cause it plays such a pivotal role in anchoring that transformation process. And when I talk to people who've been on it mm. for a while, it's never that first, like, I'm going to be this, mm. you know, like the raw food guru thing. Right. It's like, yes. And it continues to expand and evolve. So yes. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. It is, a, it is, um, obviously a, a, a crucial aspect of the ecosystem of becoming a whole, you know, embodied human. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? To be embodied, to be fully present, to be playing the game at our greatest capacity. You mm-hmm. know, like we've all heard the, the kind of mythos about we only use a certain percentage of our brain, very small. And just ask that question. Well, what would it be like to use all of our capacity that mm-hmm. we already have inherent to our system, to our, to this bio body suit that we're in? What can it do? What's possible? We haven't even scratched the surface, you know. Right. I mean, we can we can watch, you know, scan YouTube for a minute. And look at these superhumans that are doing these epic things on our on our world right now, and mm-hmm. you can just go like, oh yeah, that's an an anomaly. Well, no, they just put in the time, right, and the effort and focused on what they want to do, and they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you can too, and I can too, and anyone right. listening, we can do so many things with these with this incredible gift of that we have to be embodied but we have to be in here and i noticed that's one of the things that both in the health movement raw food movement um you know vegan movement there's so many subcategories and it's like music to me which is like so funny that you can ask somebody hey do you do you like music and like oh i love music man yeah and you just talk about music but then there's some people who are like yeah i like a deep house that's you know and then they just they can talk about deep house but when it comes to like talking about music mm-hmm. you know there's one genre that they're into and so right. to me the health movement has a lot mm-hmm. of different genres but the whole point is you know to be a healthy human being means different things for different people at different times of the arc mm-hmm. of their journey and to put deep house onto every human being and say this is what you got to listen to because it's the best kind of music yeah. for all human beings is would be a little limiting. And I think the same is true in the health world where um, there's a lot of different ways to connect to the great music, as I like to call yes. it. Or there's yeah. a lot of different ways to connect to being a healthy, wholesome human being and living a love-centered life. Mm-hmm. And so at different points of our journey, something might be true and then we get to another step and something else is true because we're getting new information based on having really given ourselves to that step before. Right. That if we skip over it because somebody got to step ten in their journey, keep up with someone. and they're going, guys, I nailed it. I got the secret. Here is what you got to do to follow these steps. Yeah. And you're like, well, actually, in your inherent body intelligence, there's other steps that you might skip over by listening to their steps. Mm-hmm. And the only way to determine that is to be in your body and to be present with what our needs are, which is why at, at a certain point. I became aware that, you know, I, I'm, I really, you know, I was really devoted to 
living the cleanest lifestyle I could for the bulk of this last 10 years. And, and we all have moments where we just crave something greasy and yummy and we just do it, right? But for the most part, I really, I really care a lot about my body. And yeah. I know that the way that I feel is going to be the way that I can show up um, right. or determine how deeply and present I can be. Uh, in the world and in the mission. So it's, it's very important to me, health and, and the whole health movement. And, but I noticed my relationship to it evolved after yeah. th- going through so many different layers of the journey, which included, um, raw lifestyle, which has included a uh, completely vegan lifestyle, which has included, um, you know, st- it started off just vegetarian for you know about mm-hmm. 10 years where I just didn't do any red meat or any kind of meat. Um, and I, know, I went home to visit my dad at one point, um, and he was so excited to cook me a barbecue for my homecoming. And I remember that moment where I was like, told my dad, you know, cause it'd been like you know, a few years, maybe like five years since I really mm-hmm. had like gone to a family meal at my mm-hmm. dad's house. Cause I was traveling so much in the first part of my twenties. And I remember that where I got, I got to just tell him like, I don't, don't eat meat. And he had like cooked this whole meal and just the disappointment mm-hmm. and the, and there, there's a couple key moments like that that have happened over the course of my life um, where I really I – be, I got to a point where I became what I call a freegan. And a freegan, really, it's <laughs> just because people love labels. So I kind of throw yeah, that one at them yeah. because it's kind of fun to like watch people <clears throat> just try to like uh, grok. Uh, what does that mean? But yeah. what it means to me is like I trust <laughs> myself enough at this point of my evolution <clears throat> to really listen to my body's needs mm. and by being so devoted, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. When we establish that we care for all of life, when we've established, um, you know, gender equality, racial equality, spiritual equality, mm. when we've established these things as just like a bedrock of who we are as a human being, then we can get to like the deeper more subtle layers of, of, of the, the art of crafting life and listening and creating experiences and because that's established already. So, um, mm. yeah, so the, the, where I am right now is, is in, in an incredible practice of listening. And that's about as simple as I can put it. It's really about listening, mm-hmm. you know, listening mm-hmm. to the circuitry of our body and what it needs. And that's easy to say, <laughs> but we have to be in our body. To be yes. able to listen to it, so it's one thing if we've got one foot out in, you know, hyperspace, and we don't, mm-hmm. re- we're not really connected to what's going on in here, what the needs are for this, this and the planet and each other. But when we're in here, uh, we can we can trust the codes we're given, the information sets we're given to follow certain pathways for certain periods of time mm-hmm. based on where we're at in our mm-hmm. personal evolution. So. That's a bit of a wordy um, no, it's, response. It's, it's, no, I, I mean, it's it's very well stated and expressed. And yeah, I, I absolutely resonate with that. And um, I've found myself teeter-tottering here and there and going through the the self, uh, I guess, critic, saboteur, mm. mm-hmm. um, even that thing inside of me that um, had a strong belief and a valid belief. Mm. And, I, and I found myself beginning to challenge it, not because I wanted to yo-yo to something else, right? Mm -hmm. It was because I just was at a point where I just didn't care anymore about the the story because the results in my life weren't showing up to to what at that time I was trying to teach. So it was this conflict I had. And then Mm -hmm. I just like, well, let me just drop all the cards and 
private. Mm. I don't need to publicly say everything I'm experimenting with, but let me get clear with me first. Yes. And then that's actually what led me um, to solidifying, at least at this stage, more of a vegetarian approach. And it actually clicked on everything for me in terms of my path as a raw food enthusiast and, and doing fasting and then juicing and tonic herbs and superfood saturation. And like, I just came to a place recently where I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm so well constructed. I don't need to eat unless it's a conscious choice. Like, okay, I guess there's a new stage of of uh, fuel intake evolution that I'm experiencing in my in the philosophy that I cared so much about is naturally paralleling it where yes, before it yes. wasn't this like well do you really believe that right now right. because my experience is a reflection of that mm. but I had to go through this I think just to deprogram mm-hmm. um, identities that and, and realistically I was trying to live up to someone else's perceived values mm. um, and then try to like fit into something else so I really appreciate that. I think uh, some people watching might get get a nice little uh, switch of the dial from that. Yeah, because we can we can trust, you know, <laughs> we can trust our guidance. And there's been yeah. such a campaign on, on, you know, in our world. There's been such a campaign to not trust our inherent guidance and to listen to the politician or the teacher or the guru or the Co-worker, Some kind of authoritative or, figure that, yeah. you know, we deem more knowledgeable. Yeah. And yet we, we each have a connection to soul. We each have our connection to to the source from which we come. Mm-hmm. And we can call it whatever we want, but we yeah. all have that connection. Right. And it's really just about plugging in, creating the time, the space, and the commitment to to really p- place mm-hmm. that connection, this, the, what I call, just love to call the practice of the presence, like to just allow the presence to so fully embody our sphere of awareness that we can trust that once we've connected to it, it's so trustworthy. It's so self-informing. And I think helping each other, uh, to reestablish that connection first and second to really walk with it as, as the the core partnership of our lifetime, Mm -hmm. placing that, that relationship at the core of our journey does change things. And it, and it will, ultimately ruffle other people's feathers because it will most likely create this perfect harmony or dissonance to other ideas that are going on of mm-hmm. what other people are being guided to do. And that's totally okay. Right. Part of being yeah. in a community yeah. with each other is like really allowing each other, like, you know, anyone who's lived in community knows that there's moments where you're wanting to quietly meditate in a corner and two people are statically laughing and you're just thinking, trying to meditate over here, guys. Like, right. Come on, my guidance is is quiet time. What's well, well, their guidance is it's time to just laugh and get get loose and silly. Yeah. Well, how can we allow each other to have these moments that don't always necessarily line up in the ways we think they should here to have mm. our comfort zone of everything being controlled and right in our ecosystem mm-hmm. based on what we want. There is this fine line of like learning how to dance with each other's choices and I, one thing I would just love to infuse into the whole ecosystem of our, uh, the you know, the raw food world, the health world, the spiritual circle, like in, mm-hmm. any labels we put on that separate us from other human beings. Yeah. If we could just infuse a, just an allowing for the fact that we're all on this journey together, we're all doing our best. Right. Everyone's doing their best yeah. with what they have. You know, even the people that we would deem are making the most destructive decisions right now. 
that's them doing their best to figure out these conditions that mm-hmm. either they've created, were born into, and have ultimately karmically found themselves in. That's them doing their best to work this out. And how much support and space can we make at the table of humanity to just keep offering healthy choices towards something rather than the judgment, which is so rampant. Which is, in- which is highly toxic. Yeah. Right? Which is, is ironic in of itself. Mm. If we're actually, if our, in this context, if our goal is actually to, to foster a global environment of health mm-hmm. vibrations um, and healthy living, then it actually, you know, there's a disconnect there when your own, you know, call it maybe the under undercover personality mm-hmm. comes out or our not so mm-hmm. higher self, mm-hmm. um, those traits that we all have from time to time getting triggered, you know, mm-hmm. and then that comes out um, in unhealthy ways or creates a, a vibratory ripple and affects somebody else and makes them question themselves. That's that's actually toxic. Yeah. So we we have to bridge all of who we are and actually integrate the fabric of of the light and dark within us, mm. and then just exercise our capacity for compassion. Yeah. I mean, it really when I even think about this, it's really like this is kindergarten stuff. Yeah. Like treat others the way you want to be treated, mm. and know that your your how you show up in the world doesn't just affect you. Mm, I hope. Mm. I'm glad you said compassion. That really is the the, the key that unlocks all doors mm-hmm. right there. And it happens to be the focus and in, in the name of this uh, this new project that I'm um, in the final stages of completion with a new album. There's a, there's wow. a lot coming up that I look forward to sharing. Mm-hmm. I can't quite disclose all of it today, but I can say that um, the name of the project is Compassion. But it's it's actually um, spelled C O M E, capital P, passion. So it's it's compassion, mm. invitation to bring just a little bit more fire, a little bit more passion for what we believe in to to make that change, to do what we know we're here to do. Mm-hmm. To sometimes even words can lose their potency over time because they've been used in all sorts of different ways, and you know. Just like the word spirit or soul or or health, words can lose their potency because they're twisted and used yep. in different ways and manipulated. And it's interesting that we some we kind of have to reclaim language at times yeah. to reinfuse it with meaning by creating behaviors that reflect <laughs> the words we're using. Uh-huh. Because if the behaviors right. don't line up, oh man, then it's really Ooh. easy for a whole. You know, like, let's say we're all in this giant line winding our way through a massive valley floor. And if those that, you know, who've kind of like maybe are a few steps ahead of us in this incredible trail of evolution, you know, are displaying behaviors and we see that those behaviors don't line up with what we know to be true and they're saying certain words, um, then we kind of lose a little bit of the steam to even want to use those words to associate with those groups to, you know, which is why I don't blame so many people who just don't want anything to do with new age, spiritual, yeah, yeah. anything, because it just seems too fluffy and mm-hmm. screw that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's not real. It's not authentic. Right. Sometimes I'd rather just have somebody tell it to me straight and swear and burp and belch because that's at least authentic and I know what they mean. You know? Right. I, I hear, I have a lot of friends who, who have kind of taken that kind of like jaded um, feeling on after 
all just the different things that are playing out and people who are doing their best, but still kind of sometimes having to wear a bit of a mask in order Mm -hmm. to get through a moment Mm -hmm. in their Mm -hmm. lives because they're reaching for something Mm -hmm. and they're reaching for something that they know is true, but there's not the behavioral set that's been embodied yet to match the words or the practices or the, the namaste brother and sister. And you can feel something else is in there, which is like, you just told me namaste and you looked at me with this very spiritual smile, but underneath you're in pain. And I'd actually just love to hear how are you really doing? You don't have to hold on to that. It's like, it's all, you know, we can just be real. Yeah. But that's, the thing is to not throw the baby out with the bathwater because in the core of all of the seekers of truth, health, spirituality, wellness, music, arts, culture, you know, all the different ways that it's being explored right now, consciousness on, on this planet is just look for the behaviors. If you see people <laughs> who are living it, who are doing their best and still make mistakes but can be accountable and still can talk to you and connect mm. and just going through the steps of like trying to be good humans for each other. That's to me, that doesn't matter what label we put on it. doesn't matter what group you're in. It doesn't matter what genre it is. That's what I look for is yeah. as the true contributors to the new earth. And that's, you know, I think that's, if we could have enough compassion and patience to, to bring that out of each other and make that again, the value that we place um, on each other and on, on our, you know, movements as community rather than the genre or rather than the path of, you know, hey, do you, you know, practice this kind of yoga? No. Yeah. yeah. But I like to go sit in nature and you can, you know, what's your response to that? Is it, oh, well, you're not spiritual enough then. Or is it, oh, great. Well, you're obviously connected and finding your you're in your jam, you're in yes. your groove, you know? Yes. And whatever that is, may we have compassion and and learn from each other mm-hmm. as we figure this whole thing out. I mean, I'm I'm lit up when I see somebody and I look at their eyes and there's lights behind the behind the windows, you know? Mm. Like when the lights are on, I'm like, Oh yeah, you are like you know, you're you're activated human being on mm. some level. Mm. And like even the subtlest way, like in my grandmother talking about new things, you know, my mom, um, I'm not going to go into the story, but basically there's a, you know, one of the family members is in the hospital with a very mm. severe infection. And of course mm. they've gone down there, the standard American diapath. And so, um, so to me, I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm like, well, that's fascinating. In my mind, I was like, I didn't have a reaction because I was like, well, I was kind of expecting a call like this, but I thought it would have been stroke or heart attack. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. in my mind, I was already like, I mean, well, it's heavy, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful because I already had my other expectation. Yeah, yeah. But um, so my point is that uh, and I was talking to my grandmother that night because my mom just really couldn't hold together. But my mom mm. did say this was my point. My mom did say she's crying and she's like, maybe it's a wake up call. And I was mm. like. Huh? And she's mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't take her totally seriously, but just the words and yeah. the passion behind it, I was like, maybe it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got my attention, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So it's like, 
it would be easy in the past for me to have been judgmental mm. for a number of things, but but that that connection that you spoke to mm. is still present, and the circuitry is still there, and the current is still there, and when it comes on, I notice myself come on, and my heart open more, mm. and and then kind of rise to that that occasion. Um, yes, because oftentimes as as children. We find ourselves teaching our, our parents mm. in in that way. So, mm, mm. Um, and I think that's the that is the the indicator. What you just said is like when you feel yourself get turned on, become filled with more presence. You can feel your glow glowing brighter right. around someone when you are in the presence of the presence <laughs> through anyone who's who's sharing it, pr- plugged into it, practicing it. When they're in the pocket and you're around someone who's in the pocket, you can feel health streaming through your your field, mm-hmm. you know. And um, <laughs> and so again, my I think my ultimate prayer for all of us right now is may we p- pay attention to that, you know, even before the words and the path and the genre of you know, whoever, whoever it is that we're saying, Oh, this is the thing right now. Mm-hmm. This is the jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel when you're, when you're in that space? Are you contracted? Are you expanded? Are you, are you kind of that kind of uncomfortable that doesn't have a resol- resolution because it's right. not moving energy or is it that kind of like butterflies discomfort because you know, you're on something good. You Thank know? you. Yes. So that's yeah. that's a, a real subtle distinction mm-hmm. to, um, you know, that takes practice to, to listen to. Yeah, Michael Beckwith always says, you'll grow into it as you say yes to it. That's and it. that's what that sensation is mm. to me. I heard another really great quote that really changed my whole perspective <laughs> around stress and, and anxiety, um, which was anxiety is the physical sensation or the physical feeling um, of growth. Mm. So literally now it changed my whole thing. And now I feel that in my body. I'm like, whoa, like, okay, this is so like, even if the tidal wave comes in, I know that if I stand upright or I just, I get centered, I can feel my chest start to, you know, vibrate, but it's like a physical visceral feeling of actual expansion. And I think that's what a lot of us, especially, um, a lot of people that we in our, our community as, um, luminaries and luminaries in in training Mm -hmm. you know the training wheels are coming off and so that's kind of like oh man i got to learn to like balance and Mm -hmm. anchor a lot of the kundalini is rising so i got to actually anchor it into the embodied state as you said Mm. um and hopefully that's really helpful for people listening but for me that was really powerful because it shifted me Mm. Away from fear and, and negative projections to oh yeah that's right it's always perfect it always works out and now we're just we're we're growing into it a little bit further. Mm. Well said. Brother. And and so on that note, um, I want to share with you that that's what that's the feeling I get when I'm at one of your shows. Mm. Like at like when I first got tuned into you, um, I don't even remember how many years ago, but it was at a J Brave event at Zanzibar. Oh yeah. And like I you know, I just started going to the LA thing and, and I went there and it was just like it's just an energetic wave that, that went through me and I just all the people there were so like in flow and so uninhibited and the energy was outrageous. 
Um, and it's been like that every time I've gone to one of your events. Like, I don't really go out much, really. I'm reclusive doing my thing. But when I heard that Elijah Ray is in town, it's like non-negotiable. And I, I mean, I even found myself talking to other people like, oh, yeah, Elijah's in town. You're going, right? And they're like, well, you know this. I'm like, what? Wait, what do you... <laughs> what are you thinking about? Like, this is the band of light. Like, <laughs> yeah. They, have you never been to one of these? Get to the band, man. Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So you're, 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 there's something channeling through you that's mm. very obvious, but it's very much you at the same time. All your skills and capacities um, that you've molded over your life mm. are, it's like they're coming to, to the moment. They're rising to the occasion. Mm. Thank you, you for reflecting that so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the way you put that. And it's true. There is a greater collective energy that that does emerge through these band of light experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, for years I called it the band of light experience, and have really just focused on band of light is the space where we come together and do what we do. But there's no I in there. There's no personality in there. It, there wasn't even really much room for Elijah Ray. Mm. In the way that I was really holding and and just like carrying the flag of, of the band of light as the point that I wanted to really focus on as a point of you know transformation and the space where I could just show up and do my part, which is to jam, you know, to bring the music, to bring the, the fun, the funk, the you know at times the the deep etheric meditative quality, mm-hmm. the, and the spaciousness, and at other times the jams and the you know it's like half. Jam band hot meets, you know, funky Afrobeat world meets like, you know, epic, etheric, spatial temple environments meets. It's all these places we can go in there, musically speaking, as, as, a, as a musical experience. But what's so cool is that it's been hard to define because it's the people that define what it is. It's, right. it's you and everybody else who comes and, and is a part of the band of light, which now we've we've expanded, you know, across the earth to have so many people who can, if you ask them, they're like, yeah, I'm in the band of light. Like, I'm so stoked that so many people know that now. So many people are feeling that and are able to identify that they're in this frequency, which is what it really is. It's right. a frequency. And the more you tap into it, the more it then gets to grow and inform and self-organize. And so my part in that has been such an interesting dance of finding where the I and the we merge and become Mm -hmm. one expression. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and it's, you know, it's not lost on me, the, the symbolic, you know, hero's journey of, that's something we all must do ultimately. That's something we all must face and lean into and, and see as the, actually the core of our whole journey here is like mm-hmm. showing up as an individual within the collective, be staying true to the I while we serve the we. And how, and where those two are not two things anymore, but one thing, that's the goal. I think that, that intersection is where I've been... Um, I've been kind of digging into all these mm-hmm. years and cultivating and, you know, doing a lot of work and play to, to get in there and yeah. to, to make a home in there. And yeah. then to create a space there for others to, to access that. City, you are me, yeah, yeah. And I am you. 
That's why I can feel your pain. So let's look into each other's eyes and let it wash away like rain. You might say that's too much, that's too much to make it go away. I know I feel that sometimes. But if you do your part, I'll do mine. Together we'll make it better every day. So could you walk? Walk with me. And together we can dance and feel so free. Are you feeling free? Ah, uh, getting there. <laughs> could we walk? Woo! Walk with me. Cause it only takes one step to live your dreams. Well, pain's the only thing I can explain when there is nobody left to blame. I don't know why we choose to love each other. It's so profound, and, and as as I recognize that in myself, just in a different format, a different um, medium, you know, you're you're total alchemist mm. like that's how i rearrange that and interpret that is like it's really the ultimate alchemy mm. that's taking place and then you you allow that presence to unfold and emerge um through you you know it's kind of like the stages of consciousness and i um i don't want to go into a deep thing about mm. it but it's just like you know stage one is to me the light you know mm. I'm at the effect of life. It's happening to me. Mm. Then there is um, by me, mm. which is like the personal development field of like, mm. okay, I'm going to make it happen. If it's mm. to be, it's up to me. Mm. Right. And then you go to these scales of empowerment. And where I've been really treading water mm. is in the phase of through me and getting mm. more into that space. Like mm. I've been, I've been on all the other stages. I was, I've lived it to me for mm. a long mm. time. So I have the necessary prerequisite characteristics to now take a step further where I have a foundation. Now I can, I can anchor, I get better at anchoring that current of, of, I call God, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever that, that force of life is. And then getting, as you've so beautifully expressed and articulated is, is, um, the presence, just working Mm. with presence, Mm. the presence, like Mm. the energy that you feel, it's not a mistake, right? You're not a mistake. Like Mm -hmm. just you, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Mm. So, Mm. um, that's kind of, uh, I just, that just, that idea, I don't know if that's helpful to anyone out Mm. there, but that's been helpful to me. That's what I recognize in mm. the wisdom that you're sharing mm. and ultimately you're like at that fourth stage though i feel like you're at the as me mm. right so can you look at the world and and relate to everything mm. as a part of you mm. the beauty and what we feel is not so beautiful mm. and that, that's that's again that's what your music conveys so when i'm there and i'm just like i'm like my body is like literally like taking over it's the it's the Mm. ultimate ecstasy Mm. that i don't consciously allow myself to go into right yeah yeah it's 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 from a deeper place that there's no choice but (laughs) to get out of the way and let it come through yeah and i i love that you touched into the alchemical process and these stages of alchemy as you 
described them really beautiful. And what, what came to me as you said that was that in, um, in, a, in another model of, of the alchemical process and all these different stages that there are, and I'm sure if we look at over time and all the great alchemists of, of time that, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's different models and ways of right. looking at it. But in one model, the, the second to the last stage of alchemy and the process of, 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 you know, alchemizing these elements to become something new, you know, the, the caterpillar into the butterfly. What does that look like as an alchemical process? The it's it's um, strikes me that, um, and it could be off here, but it strikes me that the the second to the last stage of alchemy is something they call solve et coagula, which is when the elements that are in this alchemical crucible will actually separate. Again, redefine themselves one last time as being too, you know, like oil and water being like a very simplistic mm-hmm. way of looking at that, mm-hmm. right? So it's like Soviet coagula, this moment in the alchemical process where we see the definition extremely shown to us, mm-hmm. basically, right before the final u- uniting moment right. of, al- of the alchemical process, right? So yeah. what's so amazing oh, is that it feels like that's where we're at. We're in an alchemical process as yeah. a species. Individually, we're each in our own alchemical process. We could walk down the street and knock on the doors of every neighbor in this neighborhood and all over Kauai. And nine out of ten of, the, ten of them would, if we ask, like, how are you really doing? And let's have a drop in. How's your week been? How's your last week? Everyone would basically probably say some words describing a process that they're in of some kind of challenges, the breakthroughs, the break, you know, because we're all in it together and Mm -hmm. it's easy to forget that. Mm -hmm. But, um, what's interesting about the, um, that final stage of the alchemical process is that it's, it's a given that we stick with it long enough. If we keep adding presence, Mm -hmm. it will unify. Mm -hmm. It will ultimately the crucible will allow something new to emerge. We don't know what that is. We don't get to know what that is. But we can see the hero's journey arc of, you know, the holographic mirror that that we're seeing in politics and the media and all these things that just seem like they've gotten so ridiculous now to the point of a comedy show. But that's Soviet coagula. That is actually the moment. Where we need to see these elements so clearly, so right in our what face. they are, before yeah. we can enter that next stage of the alchemical process, which is oh, the banding yeah. together, and that's the space we're holding. That's the space I'm saying yes to, mm. and bringing into every time I do a concert or a band of light mm. experiences, like that. What's you know what's the party at the end of the alchemical process? It's the band of light. Yes, <laughs> but we're just we've been having it you know years in advance. To try to set uh-huh. the tone to yeah, be kind of yeah, yeah. like, it's almost like, you know, we came from the future to celebrate in advance what we already did, but we haven't done it yet. Wow. <laughs> I can adopt that paradigm. You know? I can get, I can work with that one. Yeah. 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 Wow. This has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, really, truly profound wisdom teachings and mm-hmm. your, your life experience and how you've been able to, to articulate and craft, I would say, craft content out of your life because mm. that's really the alchemical process mm-hmm. too is is great comedians can use their life content and what mm-hmm. they see and then alchemize it into like comedy mm-hmm. in the form of story and that's mm-hmm. you know i feel like that's what you've shared with us so 
I really thank you for mm-hmm. joining me here. And is there any parting words you'd like to say? Um, besides, obviously, I want you to share any projects and where people can find you. Mm-hmm. I'll hand it over yeah. to you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. I, I do have a few parting comments, but I would just like to share the just how good it feels to be here in mm. this moment. It really, um, not only the fact that we're having this conversation on this beautiful deck here in Kauai and hearing the bird songs and the sounds of, you know, joyful landscaping. And there's like, there's something really special about this moment. And my, uh, my prayer is that we, we create the space to, to really find these kind of virtuous behaviors that exist inside of ourselves that are the truest versions of who we are. And an example of that is being in gratitude or appreciating something about this moment with each other. And just like, you just said, like, I want to really thank you. It's like, as soon as if I really could feel your appreciation, you weren't saying that word. Mm-hmm. You were, you were sending me the feeling of that, mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. that behavior is inside of you. Mm-hmm. You've tapped into <laughs> the frequency and bandwidth of appreciation. Mm-hmm. And then I get to, to meet that and that floods my being with more appreciation. And then I can point that anywhere I want, like at the birds or this, the, you know, the air quality that we happen to be breathing right now or any number of things that I'm really, truly appreciating about this moment. So wherever you are in, as a listener and those of you who are watching, I would just maybe ask you to consider that there is something in this moment to appreciate and to, to beam and connect to in that frequency of appreciating it so that it can bloom and meet you and that more of that can compound upon itself and we can connect to each other just like the mycelium network. Just, yes. like, just like, you know, these incredible qualities of love and appreciation, compassion, understanding. These are the qualities that are the true currencies of building the new earth together. And yes. may we remember to share them as... You know, as much as we do share money at store and, and all these other things that we say are the currency of uh-huh. how we, do, how we uh-huh. get things, how we do things, yes. let's also include and actually even put more value on the true currency of our times, which yes. connects us as human beings mm-hmm. to each other. Yeah, and, and everything we do and every way we show up is mm-hmm. the current that keeps the currency flowing. Mm-hmm. Man, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um where can everybody find out more about you and your music and your projects? Yeah, well, the best place to go is to my website, which is ElijahRayMusic.com. Mm-hmm. So ElijahRayMusic.com has, you know, a nice intro. That's a nice intro platform to just, you know, connect to myself and the range of projects that are going on and some music and media on there to connect into. There will be an exciting announcement over the next week or two of... Um, some epic things that have been brewing for quite a good long while. Yes. And we're, we're finally ready to start rolling those out. So I, I really suggest everybody hop on the mailing list on my website okay. if you want to keep up mm-hmm. to date with what's happening. Cool. And yeah. then, um, and if people want to like, you know, follow your Facebook, you have updates of when you're going to play at certain mm-hmm. places. I know you're about to go back on tour. That's right. right? Yeah, I've got a, a pretty, I'm, booked out at this point through august so there's a lot of amazing um amazing. festivals and epic experiences planned for this year all over the world i i post i will post them not only on the website and put that out to the mailing list but on facebook as well so yes. you can like uh, there's two different pages you can you can tap into elijah ray or elijah ray and the band of light on facebook and mm. 
and we'll just keep pulsing out the love and see, yeah. see how <clears throat> how good it can get. Keep the good times rolling. Yeah, man. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with my special and esteemed guest, Elijah Ray and the Band of Light. And you are part of that Band of Light. Why don't you actually think about that phrase for a minute? <laughs> um, and check out his work. Check out his music. Um, it's, it's, it's unlike any experience I've ever had. And... Uh, just really remarkable. So anyways, thank you so much for joining us and we will find you on the next episode. Aloha.